In order to retire successfully, you'll need vision. You'll also need a plan to execute that vision. Welcome to Retirement Pathfinder with Barbara Lane and Phil Gusky. On today's show, we'll give you the tools you need to navigate unique challenges you'll face in retirement. It's time to chart your financial future. Retirement Pathfinder starts now. Well, hello and welcome into the Retirement Pathfinder. Glad to have you on the show today. Got a good show. Going to talk to you about making smart decisions during major life events. Obviously, these life events can be a very trying time, can be very emotional, but you want to make smart decisions during this time and your advisor can help you with that. But we're going to take you through that on the show today. Barbara and Phil, welcome in. Good to talk to you again. How are you? We're doing we're, great. We're doing well. In fact, uh, this is the second day of snowfall, which yes. is... Uh, <laughs> You know, we we just have summer, then we have winter. Nothing in between. Yes, but this is but this is pretty driving to work this morning because it's when uh, you know it's a light snowfall. It's all on the trees. The the dirt from the road and the cars hasn't gotten it all dirty yet. It's just it's just really pretty. Yeah, that first once the snow falls, it's it's pretty beautiful. But I'm sure it can turn pretty nasty over the course of the winter uh, for you. But yep. probably I'm by ho- the time we go home. Exactly. Well, I hope you got enough of your uh, your pumpkin spice in, Barbara, before the, the snow took over. So. Oh, no, no, no. It's just started. <laughs> oh, just started. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. w- before we jump into our topic today, I wanted to kind of get your thoughts on uh, one of the big news items over the last uh, week or so has been FTX and uh, the crypto uh, exchange and the, the kind of the debacle that's happened. A lot of users losing a lot of money over the last week. I don't know if you've kept up with it at all or you've been talking to clients about it at all. Well, we let me go ahead and jump in and, and address that topic, Ben, because uh, you know we have been asked over the last few years, why aren't we invested in Bitcoin? And I'm not that keen about uh, what's happened in the world of, of all cryptocurrency, but we do know this, that uh, Bitcoin has really, it's really failed to promise, it's failed its promise to uh, outpace inflation and to be a hedge against inflation. And that's really what it was designed, part of what it was designed to do, because it's an alternate form of currency. The whole idea here is, is there's only 21 million Bitcoins that have been mined, and that was going to be the absolute limit of the number of Bitcoin available. Well, that would uh, in itself be something important because there's no additional Bitcoin being mined over and above that 21 billion number. So what happened? Well, what happened was that uh, there was a recent drop in Bitcoin by 70%. 70% of its value was lost. So it did fail to produce the promise as a hedge mm-hmm. inflation, and uh, it wasn't a solution to the inflation problem. Now, the, the, the bad thing about this is that we have a lot of uh, big, big corporations nationally and worldwide who have promoted and invested some of their assets in Bitcoin. We're talking about institutions like Chase Bank, Morgan Stanley, Goldman Sachs uh, have all uh, been swooned into buying Bitcoin and promoted, promoting Bitcoin. In fact, uh, some of our, our most popular celebrities like uh, Tom Brady and Giselle Bunchen, his wife. Bunchen, yeah. Yeah, they had been promoting Bitcoin. And uh, yes. Right, true. <laughs> yeah. And, and so if you didn't get on the Bitcoin wagon, you were really going to be left behind in the dust. So one of the things we have to understand about Bitcoin, we never really put our our faith in Bitcoin because it really is a contrived investment. In other words, it was invented made out of whole cloth. It didn't have any type mm-hmm. of a product or a service that it produced, had no inventory, had no employees, 
uh, it really had no substance at all. And, and so I'm looking at this magazine called World. And the author of this magazine, uh, Hunter Baker, basically talks about how um, even countries like El Salvador adopted Bitcoin as their form of currency. It says the experiment has been a notable failure due to the highly speculative nature of an asset that was supposed to provide stability. So here we have something that overpromised and underdelivered, and it's going to be a long time before uh, people begin to put their faith and trust back in the cryptocurrency again. I'm just glad that we didn't adopt that as an investment for our clients, Barb. No, we we uh, we really recommended that they stay away from it. You know, it's just you know, and I think like that something like that. It's so speculative too, Phil. That it's just a get rich quick. You know, you could and it's height. I mean, you could you could make a lot of money if you got in and you got out pretty quick. Um, but it, there, are, like you said, there's no assets. It's driven strictly by the price in the in the market. Yeah, it's really what we call the, the greater fool theory. Uh, in other words, if you uh, were the last one to get into it, you'd be the biggest fool because you wouldn't have any way to redeem your investment. But a lot of this particular investment was driven by fear of missing out. Yep. That was the thing that we really cautioned our clients about. Don't get swooned into the idea that this is a get rich quick thing, or there's no risk involved, or it's a sure deal. Um, so I'm just glad that uh, we, we put a halt to it. We made a decision uh, a couple of years ago not to even speculate. In that. And I've seen some uh, big names in the industry. Yeah, surprise, recommend, actually. Yeah, uh, Edelman Financial was uh, recommending their, their clients to get into it. Just a small percentage, maybe 1% to 5% at the most. But uh, I don't want any of my clients invested in anything that's going to have a potential downside failure like that. Yeah, that's too speculative. I agree. Yep. Well, we appreciate the update. I know it's uh, it's been in the news quite a bit here over the last week, so always good to get your perspective on those things. All right, well, let's let's shift into our our topic today, which is making smart decisions during major life events. So I want to really explore some of the things people need to be thinking about to make smart decisions when they encounter some of these significant events in life. And I know you're always there to work with your clients during all these ups and downs. So I want to lead off with a job change. you know, whatever the reason might be, whether you're deciding, hey, I want to look towards a new career path right now and kind of shift gears and try something new, or maybe you got laid off, whatever it is, if you do find yourself changing jobs, it is a major event, but what financial things should we be thinking about? Yeah, you know, then that's, those are um, good thoughts too in what you're mentioning. Yeah, and it can cover many areas, you know, whether it was voluntary, if you're single or married, whether you're young or close to retirement, are you a government employee with a pension? So right now for uh, for this podcast, I'm just going to assume a job change nearing retirement. Mm-hmm. Health insurance, it's one of the biggest concerns. So making sure that you're covered so you don't have any lapse in coverage from your previous employer and on to your new one. And if you had a company retirement plan, you have options moving forward on what to do with it. Will you need money from the account to live on? Hopefully not, because pre-59 and a half, you'll have a 10% penalty plus taxes. When you roll the money to an IRA or another company plan, there are considerations when doing so. For instance, if you're between 55 and 59 and a half, you may want to leave some money in your 401k because in many cases, if it's in a 401k, you won't pay the penalty after age 55 and IRAs you would. You have a couple of options if you need to access money after 55 without a penalty, that is. But most of the time, it makes sense to move to an IRA. Uh, You have more control. In a 401k plan, your employer controls almost everything. For instance, the timing. There can be extra steps required when you want to withdraw from your 401k, and you can't control the taxes. 
in an IRA, you can control the taxes mm. with a with a 401k withdrawal. It's an automatic 20% federal withholding. And then you have complicated situations like your options at death. IRAs, you can have a variety of options uh, for your company you know, that your company plan may not. You could have a frozen plan if you're in the middle of a merger. You can't access that account uh, during those times. And one of the most important uh, considerations too, Phil, I would say is your investment choices. They're so limited in a 401k plan and you've got the whole yes. universe outside of that. Mm-hmm. And lastly, uh, simplifying required distributions. So at age 72, you can opt to take your annual RMD from one single IRA. If you have a 401k, you can't aggregate those accounts. You'd need to take a distribution separately from your from your 401k. As a matter of fact, I had someone that I had seen recently that had three previous, previous 401ks from previous employers if those weren't moved to an IRA, uh, he would have been required to take a separate required minimum distribution from each of those three 401ks. See a qualified financial planner before making any of those decisions. And you can you can reach out to us at pathfinderchat.com. We'd love to talk with you. That's for a 15-minute phone call. Complimentary. Barb, I don't know of any good advantage to leaving that 401k with a former employer. Uh, uh, Maybe, maybe loans, huh? Well, if they have loans outstanding, of course, they have to pay the loan off or whatever they owe to that 401k plan before they move any of the money out. But uh, the greatest thing I think about keeping or the greatest disadvantage of keeping the 401k there would be the loss of control. Uh, most of the time when people come in with 401k plans that they've forgotten about or have neglected to to really uh, look at recently, uh, it's been an automatic pilot. There's been no management going on there whatsoever. So uh, that's a tremendous disadvantage to the client. They may be losing substantial amounts of uh, of profit uh, by doing so. And uh, so, yes, give us a call with regard to doing a rollover to an IRA at that point. Yeah. All right. So some important things to think about if you do find yourself with a new job or changing companies. All right. Uh, what about an inheritance? This can obviously be a major life event for people and a really good opportunity to to maybe get your hands on some money that you weren't expecting and it could be life-changing, but it also can be mismanaged very easily, right? That's exactly right, Ben. In fact, uh, this is such an important co- topic to discuss that the effects of, of your decision as, now I'm going to talk about the mom and dad, if they're going to go ahead and uh, leave an inheritance to their kids, how that's done will have either a negative or a positive effect on future generations. And so here's what's at stake. A little background. The government has projected that over the next 25 years, $68.4 trillion will be transferred to the next generation. That's the largest amount of wealth ever accumulated in any one generation in this country's history. And uh, the greatest wealth, uh, the the greatest thing about this wealth being accumulated is that we had a post-World War II boom in the real estate market, the stock market. And in addition to that, we had favorable tax policies that were passed during that time. So mm-hmm. as an example, those particular tax brackets dropped from 90% down to 37, right. you know, at the lowest. Now, baby boomers control 70% of all the disposable income as well. And according to Larson and Brown, which is an estate planning firm, Generation X will inherit about 57% of all those assets and the remainder going to millennials of whatever is left over after federal state taxes, right? So we have to, you know, we have to understand there's going to be taxes involved here. But Larson also says this, that the yet, yet the mechanisms for inheritance through sound planning are missing in many of those family systems. And 
here's the problem with it. Having a legal document in place, such as a will, the trust or powers of attorney is a move in the right direction, but sometimes it's just not enough, Barb. Mm-hmm. You know, I wish to share an example based upon one of our actual clients, actual situations where just having the right documents alone didn't complete the job. So our client, Mr. Jones, and of course, I'm not going to give his real name, is widowed and has substantial assets uh, north of the seven figures. So he's, he's pretty well-to-do. And uh, a financial planner arranged for uh, an attorney to meet with Mr. Jones to discuss setting up a trust, a power of attorney, pour over wills. He has three adult children. And so they were, of course, wanting to help dad. And, and he needed the help in the event that he became uh, disabled, uh, couldn't get what they call prompt and adequate attention to his financials. And then upon his death, uh, the estate could be divided up properly without the encumbrance of probate. So far, so good, except for one thing. The attorney that constructed that estate plan didn't really dig down deep enough to find out some of the more important things that were going on in the next generation. So when Mr. Jones came to us, he had some concerns about his estate plan, about whether his children could really handle the substantial amount of wealth that they were going to inherit outright. So key questions such as how well do they handle their own finances or how stable are their marriages weren't even asked. So if one of those children happened to end up in a divorce court, as an example, after they received their inheritance, uh, how do they, the parents, feel about their child, their adult child, losing part of his inheritance in a divorce settlement, which could happen if it was an outright distribution? You know, uh, we're talking about the people today, our generation, Barb, having substantial wealth, whereas back in our parents, grandparents' day, they had a simple will, didn't have much to really pass along, right? So they didn't have to worry about these issues. But today, because families have real wealth, we have to talk about what's going to happen in the next generation. So the purpose of going deeper generationally is not really a question of, well, can the kids handle these investments as much as it is, what can we do to help those kids protect themselves, right? So our clients giving their, their heirs the gift of protecting themselves generationally from attacks, from creditors, divorcing spouses, catastrophic medical or unintentional disinheriting. So by unpacking issues of concern we had, he had for the children and grandchildren, Mr. Jones was able to put into place a plan that would protect future generations from attack while providing for their needs. And that's very important. So at Pathfinder, we believe that a proper estate plan approach like this generationally is uh, really needs to be the cornerstone in financial planning And if you have any questions about it, please give us a call at uh, 815-399-9806 or go to pathfinderchat.com for a 15-minute complimentary consultation with us. Yeah, you know, Phil, I thought about um, as far as mismanagement regarding taxes. I just saw a client uh, this past year and she went to the attorney for her mom. Uh, that's the that's the attorney that her mom used when settling uh, when, when she had an estate. So she went to the attorney to sure. settle her mom's estate. Mm-hmm. Well, he liquidated all the accounts and sent her a check. That was a big mistake. She received a 1099 at the end of the year to pay taxes on part of that distribution because it was an IRA. Right. She didn't have to be taxed at all. That could have been handled with a beneficiary IRA account, continuing the tax deferral. So not all attorneys are aware of how investment accounts are taxed on death. Right, right. You know, I I just, I wish you would have called. I said, you know, why didn't you give me a call? And she said, well, she thought the person that she should talk with is her mom's attorney since they handled settling her mom's estate. Right, That was, you know, that was bad advice. And and she she ultimately paid the price. Yeah, I think that we have to realize that, you know, attorneys are not necessarily financial experts or, uh, 
you know, uh, qualified to give us financial advice, tax advice, that type of thing. So, yeah, you need to talk to somebody who is uh, uh, qualified in that area to, to help guide through those particular steps. And oftentimes, too, Phil, we worked with, uh, other, the fam- with families' attorneys you know, to yes. settle in state. So that's not uncommon either. It's, it's you know, it's not, it doesn't necessarily have to be one or the other, but, um, you know, that, was, uh, that wasn't good for her. Mm-mm. Now, those are some great examples, too, of, of why you need to be on top of it, uh, your estate planning and, and how to handle your inheritance. So some good information there. All right. What about becoming an empty nester? Again, a, a big a big change in life. It can be a, a big positive because you have some extra money maybe. But I think a lot of parents, too, right now, when they, their kids leave, they have expenses for college education as well. So how do you look at this and, and how do you help people that are becoming empty nesters? Well, sending kids off to college is stressful. And of course, it's an anxious time. Um, but I'm going to be a little bit lighthearted here with some of this advice to okay. begin with. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll add a little bit of humor. How's that? Um, I was recently reading a, a blog from uh, about empty nesters from Helene Wingens. And she had mentioned calling it the good things that you'll love about an empty nest. Well, first of all, go ahead and sleep with your eyes closed because you have no more noisy kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the grocery store trips will plunge. Fewer loads of laundry. The kitchen sink will stay clean. When you eat out, you can decide where and when. When you don't want to cook, you can have yogurt and fruit. <laughs> Utility bills will go down. When you go to your car, it will be there and it will be clean like you left it. Hmm. When you clean the house, it will remain clean. Uh, this one is kind of funny. No more eye rolling or attitudes. And I'm not so sure about that one. <laughs> I think you still get those. Um, okay, so so on to some serious financial things when you become an empty nester. Decluttering the house. Maybe it's time to sell some of this stuff. Cut the cable bill. The programs that your kids watch, you're probably not going to want to watch. Sell the car. Do you really need two cars? Uh, remove your kids from car insurance, possibly health care costs. Uh, you can you can insure your kids up to the age of 26, but uh, if they're out of the house, maybe it's time to uh, let them take care of their health care costs as well. Drop the extra cell phones. Is it time for you to downsize? Mm-hmm. And you can redirect all of this money to savings. But I, the last but not least is uh, one of the best pieces of advice is uh, buying financial planning for your adult child. I thought this is a great idea when I was uh, listening to this reading about this uh, from an article by Lucy Lazarovny. If kids can avoid the credit card debt and buying too big of a house too soon, not saving enough, it can protect the parents from being the backup plan. You know, Phil, we, we experience this a lot. Parents are all too often the backup plan for their adult kids. And, and we see it frequently with withdrawing money to help their kids out. Yeah. And, and we understand their emergencies will come up from time to time, but we're talking about kids that really haven't followed their parents' financial direction, their advice, and have gotten themselves into trouble big time. Yeah, that happens. Um, we can't prevent them from making their own mistakes, obviously, but we we can make a decision as to whether we want to uh, be their bailout plan. Uh, and so that's one of the things that we have to caution our clients about. Right. And we've seen situations where we've had parents that are barely getting by in retirement, but yet they're They'll pull money out. Yeah, they're being hounded Mm -hmm. by their kids for this, that, and the other expense that comes up. And and it's just not something that's really um, advisable for the parents to to engage in. You know, I think, too, that when the money's there and some of them, it's not being used. They say, well, I've got the money. Well, it could very well be you're not really using it right now. But as you age later in life, you know, you get to be in your mid to to late 80s and 90s and so forth. Your health can start to take a trip. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. You may need that money then. Absolutely. 
Yeah, there's. Uh, I like the the lighthearted approach to it. There are some things on there I could definitely uh, relate to as a parent. But uh, <laughs> there's some really <laughs> some really important things to be thinking about there, though. If you become when you become an empty nester, um, one last one here on my list I wanted to talk to you about, and this is maybe the the toughest one here on the list, and and obviously it will change your life uh, quite a bit. But that's the death of a spouse, something none of us want to talk about or, or plan for, but it's so necessary because. You know, along with the emotion, it can really, really change things financially for people. This is a more solemn topic, obviously. And, you know, in a recent sermon that my pastor was preaching, uh, he talked about how many funerals that he performed during his years in ministry and that he was familiar with every cemetery in the county and remembered all the gravesite services that he'd conducted. You know, so that's, that's over 17 years. Yeah, that's quite a few. Well, we at Pathfinder were not licensed to either marry or bury. But because of the deep relationships we've developed with our clients, we are among those at the top of the list that family members will call upon in the event of a death. And so, in fact, uh, uh, our relationships with these clients run so deep that some of our folks uh, may ask us to even serve as a pallbearer, which I was honored to do here recently, and uh, which was kind of unusual, but they, they thought so much of, of us and, and uh, gave us an opportunity to serve that way. So we we consider that what we do for our clients far beyond just investment advice. Our goal is to help our clients understand that what, what this money is about is more important than the money itself. In other words, what does it do? What is it there for? It's there. It's, it can be take many different forms. It can take the form of love. It can take the form of support. It can take the form of security. And so we have to understand what's important to our clients. And this kind of a of trusted relationship that we encourage is not developed after the ink is uh, dry on the account paperwork. Rather, it takes years of interaction with our client and uh, at some of the deepest levels of concerns and matters. And, and sometimes the questions that clients ask are not necessarily always of a direct financial nature. So we understand that money and wealth that they have and they've accumulated during their lifetime is emotional and it's a tool and it has to be handled very carefully and it has to be handled in a way that we understand the deep emotions connected to it. Now, I don't know about you, Barb, but um, but I often feel like I'm a, I'm viewed as a life coach. Well, yeah. Well, you know, you know people ask us questions um, oftentimes, uh, very often outside of uh, financials. Yeah, yeah. We've had uh, our clients ask us questions about career changes, when the best time is to retire, and am I ready to retire? It's almost like they're asking for permission to do these things. You know sure. what I mean? Yeah. And um, and. Obviously, we don't want to be in a decision-making position for them, but we do want to make some uh, assess their situation and give the pros and cons. Mm -hmm. uh, struggling to adjust uh, to retirement after they've retired, that's a big one. How about guiding them through challenges between family members? Wow, that's a tough one, too. If you've got, uh, you know, the 27-year-old college graduate sitting in the basement playing uh, video games, uh, you know, they have to you know, have a tough love conversation there. But really, ultimately, it, it will end up in the conversation of what happens when I die? What happens? What do we do? Now, some of the greatest compliments that we've had have not really been, well, Phil, uh, you've done a great job making us money. Or Barb, hey, uh, we really appreciate you setting up our state plan. Those are good things. Uh, how about this? You know, um, you're always available to answer the questions. And those are nice compliments, but the greatest compliment, Barb, you and I have gotten from family members who we've worked with in a situation where death has occurred is, thank you for helping me go through this. I'm not sure that I've gotten through it without your help. 
Yeah. And that's really special to be able to hear that type of a compliment. And uh, we hear it a lot. We hear it a lot. A lot of our clients are getting older now and we're seeing this happen. So if you're struggling with what we consider end of life issues with a family member, you need to give us a call at 815-399-9806 or go to pathfinderchat.com and uh, we'll give you 15 minutes of a complimentary chat about what it is that you can do to help your parents or whoever the loved ones in your families are uh, to uh, to get through that process to uh, really address the inevitable. Yeah, you know, we've had quite a few clients this year that have passed yes. and, you know, dealing with their spouses and their kids and uh, we just appreciate the uh, the ability for their kids to want to work with us on getting through this and helping them navigate all this because there's a there you know there's a bit to it. But one of the things that I want to mention to our listeners is please please involve your spouse uh, and make sure make sure you give your financial advisor all your estate planning documents. Yes, absolutely. You know, we've set up a lot of trust here, filled with our clients, with our attorneys. And then, you know, we'll at review time, we'll hear, well, we just, you know, we have made a change. Well, if we don't have a copy of that amendment, you know, our advice to you and your family is only as good as the documents that we have, too. So it's critical, uh, but it's critical to involve your spouse. I had a client that this uh, reminded me of this year, whose husband ended up getting very sick and he went to a long-term care facility after the hospital and has not returned home and he won't. And she doesn't even know how to pay a bill. Yeah, it's sad. Yeah, he did it all online. So I and I helped her go through a box of papers and, and um, most financial documents that we were looking at were completely foreign. So all of that would have been solved by including your spouse in your financial affairs before this happens. Yeah, it's, it's a tough situation. And and I think to your point, you know, I think that's what's really unique about the job that you do. I know we, we talk about finance and everything, but, you know, your money touches every aspect of your life, right? So it's not just about giving investment advice. Oftentimes you're there as a, as a life coach in, in many ways too. So it's, it's really remarkable how much uh, you can impact someone's life by doing what you do. And, and hopefully today's episode will kind of help people see what, uh, which, what ways you do uh, assist in, in, in these bigger life mm-hmm. events that people have to deal with. So again, if you have questions, want to go through anything that uh, maybe is in your life that you're dealing with, pathfinderchat.com. That's the best place to start. You can schedule a meeting right there through that website, or you can call if you prefer to do that. Again, it's 815-399-9806. So a lot of stuff to, to kind of piece through here together, but uh, but really glad we did and, and appreciate y'all's insight on, on how you help. Yeah, everybody have a, have a wonderful Thanksgiving and we'll see you next time. Absolutely. Thank you both for a, a wonderful year and I hope you have a great Thanksgiving as well. Thank you, everyone. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.